The following podcast contains adult themes such as drinking and violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Table It, a micro RPG podcast. I am Tim Patton, one of your one of your hosts and the editor of this fine production. Um, Table It is a an excuse for me to get my friends Max, Matt, and Manny to play micro RPGs with me. Um, with this episode, we are playing my micro RPG, the 2012 pregame challenge, um, and we are going to continue this episode where we left off at the edge of Lake Superior, waiting for. What, what do you call it? Cult. Cluck Thulu. Cluck Thulu. <laughs> All right. We're going to start this episode at the edge of Lake Superior, waiting for Cluck Thulu to rise and end the world. Um, I'm uh, I'm Tim. I'm playing Jim Bob today. His pronouns are he, him, as are mine. Uh, Matt, would you introduce your character briefly again? Yeah, I'm Matt. I'm playing Bill. Uh, Bill's pronouns are actually they, them, um, and mine are he, him. I'm many, they, them pronouns, and I'm playing Peggy Malone, and she uses <laughs> she, I'm her. Sorry. <laughs> Should we do that again? <laughs> sure. Well, again. I'm Manny Elliott, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm playing Peggy Malone, who uses she, her pronouns. Thank you, Manny. And my name is Max, pronouns are they, them, and I'm playing Ruby, pronouns she, her, a old lady gambler. Um... All right, so uh, we are so we're currently on a raft heading towards uh, Oblivion. Um, for our last round, we are going this counterclockwise. Um, so right. the first thing is a problem for um, Ruby. Um, Ruby, how do you solve the problem of we're almost out of alcohol? Ooh. Oh no. Um. Hmm. <laughs> okay. I think um, this is going to get weird. Hell yeah. <laughs> as, as if me bashing oil cans with my head wasn't already weird. <laughs> okay, so we are floating on this raft through these ice flows. And it's uh, dark, it's cold, but somehow we have stayed warm with our lawn chairs and blankets. And maybe we took the generator with us. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so we have some lights and stuff. Yep. And this is turning into a regular old like barge situation, <laughs> just like floating <laughs> along in between these ice flows. Uh, and the Mary Poppins ass uh, bar bag of bar stuff is uh, running running thin. Maybe a shot or two left in, in each. Uh, and that won't do. And I'm. I decide. You know, I've got my. I've got my cup here with my beer koozie on it. And I decide to see if I can stretch. Stretch what I've got in there a little bit. Maybe I've got just a little bit of like Seagram's left in there. So I kind of look over the edge of the barge, and I'm like, yeah, I might as well try it. And I reach down and I swipe my cup through the cold waters of Lake Superior no! uh, to give a little bit more uh, liquid. And no! I take a little sip. <laughs> no. And I go, damn, that's really good. <laughs> and it turns out that the water of Lake Superior has been turned into alcohol. <laughs> or at least it has an alcoholic quality. All right. And uh, roll for it. <laughs> I think the role here is not necessarily to discover it. Maybe the role is like um, in, a, in a, another game that shall not be named. 
maybe what one might call like a constitution save uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> to uh, not uh, completely lose my cookies over yeah. this situation. Because then that's just going to mix with the booze, and yeah, that's not really a good situation. Bad. All right, let's hit it. Okay. Okay, so... Um, I think it's just me. I don't. I don't think my background as a gambler is helpful here. I don't know. Drinking lake water on a whim feels like a gambler. that is a gambler. It is. I was okay, like, okay, well, okay. we said you had a high constitution. But my, of it's not just lake water. It's superior. That yeah. is a gamble. It is anyway, for sure. Especially casinos. What is beneath? What yeah. lies beneath? Oh, um, a couple of chickens right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> At least. <for> <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do my roll. Hey, I got a one. And a six. Yay! All right, our phenometer <laughs> is maxed out. Um, we have but this one round to go, and our only goal at this point is to not pass out. Yep. So we are surrounded by potable, alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> water. Uh, literally, lake water, loon juice, etc. <laughs> Has has become a an alcoholic beverage. I was about to say delicious. I think delicious is a stretch. I think it it has something of the smell and taste of gasoline, but uh, it's alcoholic and you can drink it and be okay. So we're mixing it into drinks. Um, As things go along, I think for Peggy. I think what starts to happen is it is you, Peggy, who notices that we have floated quite far from shore at this point. And we're all talking and laughing and drinking and nobody really notices. But you look back and realize that we've gotten a solid like half a mile away from the shore at this point (laughs) and are floating out into the lake at dark. And beneath you you begin to notice that we have started to, like, turn, and a whirlpool is starting, a huge one, is starting to, like, swirl in a circle, taking our our floating barge situation in a large circle. How do you help us navigate or keep stable and steady? And not get sucked, you know, down or too far away. Ooh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm, hmm. Just going through my, let's see, how did they get out of this <laughs> in the Broadway shows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, it's night and there are stars above. There are stars above. Um, <laughs> hmm. it's, clear, it's a clear night. It is. Clear night, December 31st. <laughs> December 31st, 9 p.m. Uh, rent. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Um, oh, God. I would be willing to... to Accept help if anyone has ideas. Mm. I do. Okay. Uh, Because this actually is a sailing trick. Uh, Mm. There is a type of anchor called a floating anchor. And all it really is, is you drop a bag in the water and use the water resistance 
to either hold yourself in place, slow you down, or stop a turn. I like that. So you have a carpet bag of holding. Yep, that's what yeah. I was saying. I was like, uh, and all the booze is taken out of it. Yeah, we established we yeah. drank it all. Yeah, I uh, I think I reach in for another bottle of of booze and uh, notice that there's just like a shot in it. I take that shot and I I look down and I say, yeah, well, baggy, um, well, Mister, uh, sorry. <clears throat> Oh, well, Mr. Baggins, I'm glad you're here with me at the end of all things. Oh, uh, and I take off Fuck one of my hell. scarves <laughs> and tie it to Mr. Baggins. And I chuck it out. And then I said, well, if we're going out, we're going out the way, uh, doing what I love. And that is uh, singing. And I lead everyone in the um, uh, arousing rendition of uh, Under the Sea from the Broadway musical. <laughs> I'm, I'm smacking oil cans, giving us our calypso. Love now. it. Oh, the seaweed is always greener. <laughs> oh Somebody else's leg. Yeah. yeah. I'm just drunk. She takes her bra off at this point. And she's like, I'm sea. Oh my God. Amazing. All right. Hit Mr. It. Baggins. Jesus Christ. So it's two, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. A six and a five. Hey. <laughs> Too bad those critics can't see me now. Don't right? you know? <laughs> Ruby stands up, also has taken her bra off, and is joining you in reckless abandon. Yeah, I think we're shooting the empties out over the lake. Yep, for sure. <laughs> the bra slingshots. Yep. <laughs> Patwang. Patwang. Uh, so, uh, we are slowed down by a bag anchor. And uh, what is the next problem that, oh, I forgot I had uh, to do this part. That, that, that Bill needs to assist with? <laughs> oh my God. Um, I think... Yeah, I think in the commotion, Peggy, tits akimbo, goes over the side of the raft. <gasps> oh no! And plunges oh no. into the icy water. Oh no! Oh, now I am under the sea. <laughs> uh, okay, before I go too much further, this is a serious question. Mm-hmm. Did you tie your scarf to the raft or were you holding it? I tied it to the raft. Okay. <laughs> um, without hesitation, Bill jumps in with jumps in to get you. Um, however, <laughs> Bill also grabs the scarf. And holds on, holds on to it in just loose enough grip that he can slide down to wherever the bag winds up, and have have a grip on the raft and still be able to reach you. Nice, great, um, love it. It's not it's not so much the getting you back on the raft and getting to you that's the, that's the issue here. The issue is we get out. It's mostly ice-covered water in the mid at, at the end of December mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Oh yeah, hypothermia is kind of setting quick. Yeah, <laughs> yep. <for> sure. <laughs> so immediately it's like, what are we gonna do? And that's when I have the bright idea of, well, the clothes are bad at this point, and the lake is alcoholic. Everyone stand back. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me <laughs> can I pause real quick this is going to be metal as hell when Cthulhu rises from a flaming lake <laughs> 
please continue. <laughs> well, I'm, I didn't think. Amazing. Uh, Cluck Thulu. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Cluck Thulu. What I was going oh. to do. What I was going to do was say I was just going to pile the now drenched clothes in the middle of the raft and light those. I like your idea better. <laughs> uh, I flip out the Zippo, click it, and dump, and dump it. Oh, God. Do we have like a full-on like eerie pollution situation where like the surface of the water is now... You're the one who said it's alcoholic. I made this up. I didn't think about the physics. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think so. It's got to be that, right? Well, here's yeah. the thing. I flipped the Zippo. Yeah, you yep. flipped it. Does anybody else want to assist God me on this? It. Oh, my God. Uh, um, I, sh- I say you shouldn't take it because you are not drunk. <laughs> uh, I think if you jump or if they jump into the lake full of like oh, uh, alcohol. I'll say uh, to increase the chances of not getting a six. Mm. Uh, ro- rolling less dice will increase the chances of your That's character true. being intoxicated. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't flip the Zippo, I just drop it. You just drop it. <laughs> a two! A two. Um, you get more drunk. But luckily, our phenometer is uh, full, so uh, we don't have to worry about that. But um, Short version of what happens is uh, I swallowed a little more of that lake water than I thought I did. Oh, no. I dropped the Zippo, <laughs> and it lands on the raft. <laughs> <gasps> oh, no. Oh, no. Is that is that my problem now? <laughs> No, it's just a Zippo on a raft. Oh, okay. There's oh, it's not, nothing. Oh, it didn't. Yeah. Okay. I didn't flip it, so I forgot to light it. Oh. I see. Okay. So no fire. You rescued Peggy, but no fire is produced. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. What is the problem that uh, Jim Bob needs to solve? It is our last problem. Uh, the last problem is you know you know have two absolutely shivering uh, barmates on the barge with you. Okay. Wow, there's still a whirlpool. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's slow, and uh, depending on how the bag would work and how the physics of it go, it could have pulled us out of it, but either way, yeah. it is slowing us down enough that... I think the whirlpool is big enough and fast enough. It's well, like and I'm whole... assuming the whirlpool is from Cluckthulu yes, Rising. Yes, Yeah. Now, so, question about the whirlpool in this case. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Are we talking full-on, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, like... Yes. Oh, we're on funnel. the side. We're yes, on the yes, side. Yes, yes. We can the see the bottom. Yep. Yes. So that so that is now the problem. Is the barge, uh, the barge has gone from horizontal to vertical. We can see the deep chickens at the bottom forming a pentagram. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the barge has gone from horizontal to vertical. <laughs> so I think what Jim Bob is going to do. Now that now that we're horizontal, um, uh, he's going to uh, take all of our. Um, uh, we we made a bunch of we, we made a, a roof out of those uh, hazmat suits. <laughs> That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, uh, he's quick as as the the thing starts to tip, and he he's he's just going to like start bending the frame. To, to make this thing into more of a sail shape mm. so we have a nice hammock Ooh. to sit on. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just going to roll the one dice for it. Nice. Yeah. Does anyone want to assist me? Anyone? I would assist you. Okay. Yeah. So With my uh, hot wiring ability, maybe yeah, like yeah. immediate frame 
Yeah. Prep. So uh, you know how to how to damage metal the right yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jim Bob and Ruby are now bending the frame to create us a across little, your forehead. A little, yeah, a little hammock set. I rolled a four. That's a success. We have now bent the frame. We are now sitting on a series of people-shaped hammocks, <laughs> overlooking a whirlpool, as a horrible monstrosity. It's yellow and green in the wrong ways, covered in tentacles. And we just see this like little uh, red like mohawk poke out through the wall of the bottom of this whirlpool. And then you see one feathered wing and another feathered wing and slowly standing up through this whirlpool towering give or take 40 stories it's Cluckthulu <sighs> and he screams a horrifying scream <laughs> fade <to> black <laughs> credits roll as we fade out Peggy holds up uh, her beer koozie, now full of lake water, and begins, Short order acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. We all join all right. Now's the credits. Excellent. That, that was a post. That's the soundtrack. That's the soundtrack to the credits. Yeah, definitely. The, the uh, drunken people trying to harmonize. <laughs> trying to harmonize, and then it like stops, and you just hear the lappings of the waves of Lake Superior. Ooh, <laughs> like it stops suddenly. Yeah. Let's role play my role playing game. Yes. Yeah. Totally. All right, and we will come back for our review section. Uh, yeah, so, okay, here's the uh, the review section of uh, the 2012 pregame challenge. Um, and because I wrote the game, I'm not really going to participate in the review that much. <laughs> but uh, we're going to start with uh, likes and dislikes. And, uh, Max, why don't you go first? Uh, what did you like and not like about this game? Feel free to be as rude as you like. I want to uh, <laughs> get that criticism. Yeah. Well, and just to be clear for all, and especially to our listeners, like we do not have an investment in being mean or, or cruel or rude in any way about our, our critique. Um, so this is all in good fun. So things, uh, a thing that I liked, um, I love the concept, right? The idea of these uh, cast of lovable characters um, ending up in this crazy situation um you know so many games around the apocalypse are all about trying to survive it or trying to stop it and instead just leaning into it and the goal is to have a good party i think is great um i uh i i think something that i i wouldn't say i disliked it but something i struggled with was the kind of framing and purpose of the phonometer and the drunkometer it was, t I, I had a hard time detecting the impact of those. Um, you know, for me, I ended my drunk on my, yeah, no. The, the, my drunk ticks 
with only two of five. Mm-hmm. And then throughout, like, we never hit a point where the funometer or the drunkometer, like, made a difference, I don't think. So it was a little bit tough for me to, in this run-through, to wrap my head around what the impact of those things were. All right, and yeah. I, I think that would be an interesting thing in writing it or, or <laughs> editing it that could be clarified. All right, cool. Cool. Um, I will uh, second Max's uh, sentiments. I love the concept. I love not surviving the apocalypse. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um I like how, like, open character design is. Um, something that I, like, really enjoy where you pick one or two things uh, that your character's good at and then you can kind of futz with it as mm-hmm. much as you want to in-game. And I really like having that flexibility and the yeah. creativity. Um, I had a little problem with the phonometer as well. and But I do think that part of that is we weren't playing with the pint glass because um, I do think that that is an element that we missed at the table of actually pouring the shots into it and having the big release of like oh it overflowed yeah, and yeah. that being the mm-hmm. the setup but I also understand why you don't want to do that in a <laughs> table full of electronics that seems like a bad idea right. um, I do think uh, if this were to be published, having like a, an image of like how that would work sure. uh, would be super helpful because like just reading it, I was like, eh, this is a little confusing for me, uh, especially if, since we weren't using it. But um, I, yeah, I really like uh, the simplicity of the actual mechanics and how like rules light it is. Um, yeah and how it's easy to kind of, like, get an extra dice (laughs) just by, like, how much you want (laughs) to say uh, how your abilities would benefit the situation. And I feel like we all push that pretty far. Yeah, Yeah, it rewards pushing the boundaries of that. Like, oh, this is a gamble. Uh, Okay, (laughs) that means my background as a gambler applies. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I really like that, and I think that's a strength of the game, especially since the concept is, like, we're all, like, drunk and, yeah. like, getting drunker, and yeah. drunk people are very brave and, like, have an amount of unearned confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I got it. It's you're, go, you're going three for three. The setting, the concept behind the setting is fantastic. The, it's the idea that the apocalypse is coming. Okay, we've accepted it. We're not going to lay down with paper bags over our heads. We're just going to we're going to find a we're going to find good seats to watch it happen. Yeah. It's just there's something irreverently fun about about this, especially considering the reference at the very beginning of we'll leave the actual like post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic stuff to the people who are good at it. We're not mm-hmm. the um, <laughs> it's just there's something a lot of fun about that. And to follow that up the main mechanic is something that we've actually been using in RPGs for years. Um, and we call it the montage mechanic. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. a really easy way to, as a mechanic for any given RPG, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's a con it's a, it's an easy way to get people involved in role playing. You just kind of go around the table as the GM and say, okay, so as you're going through this, you have a, you have so much time. What's the problem that you, that you guys come up against? And then you go mm-hmm. to the next person and you say, okay, so how'd you fix that? Mm-hmm. No roles necessary. It's all based on role playing, and to have an entire a game based entirely on that concept is just way too much fun. Mm-hmm. It works out really well. Um, it's a sp- 
it's a slight drawback if you don't have a table of people who are good at improv. Mm. But the entire concept is you have people, not just characters, but people with unearned confidence playing this game. Right. That's that's what this is supposed to be. It's fun and it works. It works incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for dislikes, I'm actually going to move straight into the next section of what would I change on the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I was saying before, off mic, uh, the only things I would change about this game are the math. The first one is uh, u- using that drunkometer, like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's impossible for your character to pass out. You cannot, you cannot drink enough in this game to pass out and let your character go down. So there's no real, as it stands, there's no reason to be there. Uh-huh. Like so we to s- clarify for my understanding, like in a four-player game like this and the fact that we're all rolling multiple dice, the yeah. odds of you rolling... No, I... I, 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 I here, let, let me explain. I, can I... Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, just help me understand. For what you mean. every single game, you have a four tick clock. You have four rounds. Each player rolls once per round. Uh huh. And if you fail every single round or roll within the two to five range that gets you, you drunk, four or five. At the most, you can drink is four. Oh, right. So I, you cannot ever fill in that that sixth one and thereby pass out. Yeah, I just mm. complete, it just completely slipped my mind. I, I spent so long working on the math to make sure that the phenometer was at the right timing so that the game was close but not too close. Completely forgot that I should also pay attention to the drunkometer. I see, I see. <laughs> it's as simple as changing it from five boxes to three. Yeah, um, right. And then, it, then you have that slight stress of, oh, no, I might actually pass out. Right, mm-hmm. um, and it does happen towards the end of the night. It's, it's, it still feels right, and it feels appropriately satisfying, even if you do right. fail. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the follow up to that is again on the math. Uh, the phenometer is, as a pint glass, it's a lot more interesting because you don't. Nobody pours shots the same way. Some people are going to try and fudge it and fill it a little, a little more to try and uh-huh. get that little bit extra into the pint. Some people are going to pour it a little bit lighter because they want the game to go longer. Um, so that right there is a fantastic idea. However, if we go with the 10.6 repeating shots, yes. so an 11 tick clock for the phenometer on a table where you can't have liquid, um, and we use that as kind of the basis here, for a four-player game, like you said, it's it worked out great. On a three-player game... Uh-huh. Uh, if you fi- if as a table you fail twice you have lost, yeah you mm-hmm. you do not have enough time in the night to do it, right? Um, in a five player game when you've already filled in one clock, you now have fifteen rolls to make eleven successes. So it's it's still doable. It's a little more stressful, but as it stands, the game is balanced perfectly to get that feel you were looking for at four or six players. Yeah. Right. That's one I actually don't necessarily know how to fix. Uh, the, we could potentially have it so that with, uh, so, you know, the, like I said, this, this was a game that I, I wrote in a week with the intention of never touching again, and I'm pro- I'm gonna change that five to a three and release it. But I think if I wanted to make it more balanced, I might switch it so that if you have a three or a five player game, you throw an extra shot into the glass before you start. Oh, that, and I think that might balance it enough that you're not so close to failure by missing just a couple rolls. 
Uh, although the odds, most people are rolling, you know, two or three dice for each roll because it's very easy to, it, it, even with, if you have no relevant talents, what you're doing, you can get an assistance from someone. So you're almost always rolling two, which means that your chances of success are like 50% on, or no, uh, with two dice it's 75% mm -hmm. because uh, a, a four or five or a six are all successes. Um, so yeah, the, 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 basically like most people are not going to, f to actively fail um most roles mm -hmm. uh but speaking of things that i want to change i think one thing i'm looking back on and going okay this is uh, a difference is i wrote success um for a five through th for a four through six that's a success but i don't think that's true that's not what happens <laughs> on a four through a six your character had fun and i think that's actually what's happening and that, that I might, like that I might just leave better. the montage as is, and you say what you do, and it's successful. Mm -hmm. But did you have fun and get drunk? That would be really cool and powerful because I, then you avoid this like failure state of like, uh -huh. okay, well, let's say I describe what I do and I roll poorly and I fail. Okay, we've seen that in RPGs many times. What if instead it just is successful, uh -huh. and the changes how you and others in your group maybe feel yeah. about it? Yeah, I'm wondering if potential way to fix that math with like a three or five person game is like if you roll a six you get to do a, a double shot into the pint glass but you can only do it like once per game or something like that oh that's an interesting idea um so yeah. like you have to choose like you had the most fun doing this yeah. one thing and because of that you get two shots but everyone only has like one double shot per game on a three or five or something like work. that might be yeah. yeah i don't like know exactly how the math worked out but the the drunk drunkometer is like oh i can't fail yeah that, <laughs> was, that was like that was a complete hmm, whiff absolute <laughs> <mistake>. uh, <laughs> yeah but i also think i don't remember who brought it up but like if you someone brought up like if you help someone and they fail and like get drunk then you also have to take off your drunk drunkometer uh -huh. that might be a fun thing to do as well so there's more um more chances to get sloshed i feel yeah. like we could i feel like at this point with the one small fix uh -huh. this is a perfectly fine micro rpg and then you can release an expansion page yeah <laughs> with optional mm -hmm. rules to make it more difficult or easier or less, yeah. yeah yeah that's true i mean and there's it's perfectly fine to be like this is a four player game like many yeah. many games are just like you cannot play this without four people yeah mm -hmm. and like maybe that's what this is and then if the an expansion is needed then here's options for a three five six player game i yeah. think is very warranted Something that I, since I think we've kind of slid into section two of the review, yeah. something that we would change. Um, something that I would change is actually, I think we've covered the math stuff pretty comprehensively, but something that I would change, and I struggle with this with all GM-less games, mm -hmm. is um, I think we had a really fun, clever, creative concept, and I also think we had a really fun creative setting i mean i think especially if you're a person who lives in the twin cities or is familiar with like minnesota life and culture and and you know trips up, road trips up to the north store and stuff i think it would all feel like really true and vibrant however i do think in a gmless game it can be really tough to pin down how the scene 
is supposed to feel mm, like things mm. that are happening it kind of falls to the person who's defining the problem to define at that point the setting and where you guys all are and what's happening so i know at one point i kind of like riffed on the idea of like okay we make it we're heading down toward canal park there's a bunch of like national guard and military vehicles and stuff there and there are people in hazmat suits and stuff okay yeah but it was very quick you know we kind of get through that and then we're in it and then on the next round we've already left and we're somewhere else Uh uh-huh and i i feel like as with other games with this one, I feel like I'd want a little bit, just a little bit more English on that ball in terms of a little bit more of a storytelling step yeah. in the process. And I don't know that that requires a GM necessarily. I don't think there has to be anybody whose job it is to quote unquote GM the game. But some step in this that's like tell the table a little bit about like what's going on. How yeah. does it feel? What's happening? Because I think especially at tables that aren't as comfortable with role play and storytelling this could become very mechanical yeah it'd be very easy to be like i do this cool uh i here's your problem cool uh, i do this exactly yeah yeah mm. yeah um and fortunately all of us like love teeing up the next person for uh-huh. like a, a wild situation so i think we all kind of leaned into it but maybe that's part of it like you know there needs to you, part of the game is like lean into the storytelling yeah you, uh one of the things i have in the the rules is the player most comfortable with improv goes first and like i think if you don't have anyone at your table who's comfortable with improv you're kind of stuck this is definitely not a beginners only rpg right yeah uh, on the other hand, it could be. This is definitely like an improv group. Mm-hmm. Like, there's any number of improv theater groups that would absolutely love this. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I would, I would absolutely use this. I'm. That's on the next bit. I'm not going to go for that. <laughs> um, I was going to say we're 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 about to move on here. Unless anyone else has anything they're interested in changing. I what was going to bring next, up. There's a the, 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 ne- the next bit is on. Uh, is that just tabling a shelf? Okay. Yeah. I do have a, a thing, but finish your thought, Matt. There was something for you, Max, about the... Uh, there's a single sentence in here about fill one-fourth of the doomsday clock and move to the next location. Mm. Oh, yeah, and we, we completely do that. And <laughs> we completely glossed over and threw that and completely yeah. left it behind because that's the way this table worked it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like, based on the like original intention, um, I, I assumed that people were going to be like traveling to the final location. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've noticed that like people like, that I play this through a couple times and everybody's like, okay, we're gonna. This is what the apocalypse is, and this is where it's happening. And this is how we're gonna get there. Like is is always laid out right away, and we like that. We did that the exact same way that it worked previously, which is convenient. I mean, I might be a common factor. I don't know, but um, <laughs> maybe the the idea of of this being a kind of road trippy sort of feeling, um, it was kind of intentional, but like. The having a different location per role, I, I don't think was necessary, but um, it was. It is written in there. So. I don't. Well, it's think not it even was, per role. It's per section yeah, of per, the clock. Per section, yeah. yeah, I don't think it was necessary for us. But it, going back to what you said, Max, of like if you have people who are a little bit more uncomfortable with like storytelling and kind of like setting up, then I think that could help them. Of like, okay, we're all at Canal Park for the next hour, and then the next hour we get to the dock, and then the next hour we're on the lake. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I could see that helping out someone who maybe wasn't as comfortable with improv. But um, so, oh, like, actually, player's discretion. Yeah, hang on, I played the game wrong. Um, in the <laughs> section of setting up the doomsday clock, 
um, you're supposed to label each of the sections. Mm. Oh. And I completely whiffed on that. I just Label sort of pushed us between locations just intuitively because I've played this before. But like, For sure. Uh, yeah, technically in, in the creating the, um, the doomsday clock, you're supposed to label the sections. Okay, that kind of flips around what I was saying then, because at that point, if as a group you've already established the locations that you're mm -hmm. going to be going to in each round, I think that does do some of the legwork in terms of setting the players up for success of having like a fun role-playing scene at mm -hmm. each location. I agree with that, because furthermore, it also would, I, I feel like, help the players like figure out the problem for the next person if like mm. okay we're at this place and this is the goal to get us from this place to the next place then you're gonna set me up so i can set up matt who can set up right tim yeah. and then like by the time we all go through we've accomplished that goal so everyone's kind right, of like right doing a little piece to like accomplish the goal and like yeah i like what you're saying there, whereas Max. as it was i think because we didn't do that it was kind of carte blanche of like yeah for uh, sure every every not just every round but every role became like fully open season on what yeah. you wanted to do and that's where i kind of would have in this gameplay i would have wanted a little bit more of a gm guidance on not to put it on rails but to help yeah. tell the story um uh conveniently we ended up basically with four locations we, yeah, did. we did, yeah, yeah. Um, we did actually. So we have Minneapolis, we have the road, we have Duluth, and then we have the lake. So like we end up with four locations. Um, but like I said, the, this a is a lot of mini locations. A lot of mini locations. locations. Uh, definitely didn't didn't lock in. And th this is the thing that's like I was overconfident. I wrote the game. I didn't reread it. You know, uh, <laughs> totally fair and understandable. Um, the one last thing that I will say, and yeah. then I, I think I'm done, is Matt and I talked about this a little, a little bit of, like, I kept wanting to, like, give Tim problems, and Matt kept wanting to give Matt Max problems. And so, like, if you're doing that whole clockwise one time, counterclockwise the other time, you're there's, in a four-person game, there's at least one player that you're not getting to yep. play with. That's true. And so I wonder if, like... There could be a way where, like, you do counterclockwise once and then clockwise the other time, and then you have to go across from the person, and, like, you can't give a problem to the person that gave it to you. I don't know. I don't know how to fix that, but some yeah. way to, like, break out of that, like, clockwork, counterclockwork, because if you have an even number, you're not going to play with someone, and mm -hmm. I think that could be fun. That, that, yeah. that is definitely one of the things I was thinking about when I was creating. I was like, I don't have... A concise way of saying it, yeah. so I just made it counterclockwise so that we could have at least. Yeah, it is hard. So it's not just the same player every time, but uh, I, I, th I think you're right. That that was that would be a thing. That was the thing I was going for and mm. wasn't yeah. able to get. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, though, I mean, I think we said this at the top, but like the concept is rock solid, and especially as a light, accessible, functional micro RPG it's definitely really strong. Like at this point, I think we're getting into detail work of math and mm -hmm. balance and editing and, yeah. you know, visual design of the <laughs> thing. And, and even some of the stuff around, you know, how you rotate around with players and stuff like that's all nitpicky stuff on top of a concept that can support further revision. Mm -hmm. All right. And I think that that's good to point out because the stuff we're talking about is stuff that you would maybe want to take a pass at if it was going to, or if and when you do want to publish it. Yeah. As far as like the way it was actually played and, you know, does it work as a game? I thought it was great mm -hmm. for that. 
All right, so let's move on to our last section of uh, tabling it or shelving it. I'll go first. I'm going to table it because I want to try it again. <laughs> uh, I think every time I play this, I get a better and better handle and grip on it. So I definitely want to play it again, personally. All right, I'll be honest. I will 100% table this game. Um, I, I did not think I was going to like this as much as I did. And uh, it turned out way better than I could have imagined. Um, legitimately the one fixed to the drunkometer. Uh-huh. And I will pull this out at every table I've ever played at. I am also going to table this. Um, I would really be interested in doing it again and playing as like one of the other groups, maybe uh-huh. one that was mentioned in the rules or like the idea of like mall kids or something like really <laughs> yeah. a, like they're just raiding yeah. the mall waiting for it to come. I don't know. That sounds great. And so I would want to definitely play it again, so I will table this. Mm-hmm. I would like to see some edits in the file. Mm-hmm. I think for our listeners at home, uh, since I think maybe you won't see this, we are looking at an 8x11 piece of paper, which is basically just um, the text of the yep. game. I think you know clearly there are some edits and revisions that need to happen here to the math, and I think there's some light massaging that, that could be done here in terms of rules and some guidance. And I think doing a little, again, a little bit of visual aid work on the funometer and the drunkometer and how those are supposed to work, I think would be helpful. I think once I had that, like a finished file mm-hmm. that you could buy on, you know, yeah. itch or drive through or whatever, something that I could hand out to new tables and have it be more visually accessible and understandable, I would absolutely table it. All right. Yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I would table it with this file. Yeah, yeah. I think I would want a little bit more. That's fair. Uh, I actually agree, agree with Max about that. Yeah, <laughs> but and the, no shame on it. But it's obviously a draft. You what, know? What's extra fun is I some okay. There is one copy of this, a single eight and a half by eleven that I printed out, where the formatting is slightly altered, and there's a picture of a volcano in the background, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where it went. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't find the file. I can't find the piece of paper. The RPG was too small. You lost it. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> oh, just too micro. Just oh. too micro. Oops. <laughs> You're both fired. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's a 100% table it Excellent. with revisions. Yes, with revisions. And table is, with revisions. That is the yes. plan. All right. So um, let's do our round of uh, plugs. Uh, Matt, would you like to start? Yeah, I'm Matt Lemoyne. I don't. I do not exist online uh, unless you guys want me to. So I'll see you later. Uh, I'm Manny Elliott. You can find me on Instagram at at in character art, where I do portraits of D and D characters and other fun art things, and I update way less than I should to be plugging it on a podcast. <laughs> All right, um, and I'm Tim. Uh, thank you for listening to uh, Table It. You can find us at micro underscore RPGs on Twitter or email us at micro RPGs at gmail.com. Please submit games you would like to hear us play with the subject line new game. Uh, our theme this episode is Chill Vibra Jazz Theme by Danny Dory, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>